Hey everyone, it's Father Conrad. Just a quick announcement before the podcast starts. Uh, We're going to take a little summer break in August from our full-length episodes where we interview different people, things like that. Father Chris was just on a long, silent retreat, so we haven't been able to record with him, and Father Alex in his undisclosed location, and I just switched uh, assignments. So we've been kind of rushing around trying to uh, figure something out. So hopefully we'll get some more episodes in the can over the next month. And uh, we'll be back in your feed with those in September. In the meantime, to make up for that, and so that that way you have something to listen to in these long summer months when you're at the beach or mowing the lawn or just sweltering sweltering in the heat, we'll put two Habemus Papam episodes in your feed each week. So instead of the one show, we'll do double Habemus Papam. And uh, that will get you deep into the Dark Ages. So it's going to be really interesting, a little depressing, but still uh, the history of the church. Uh, I've got about a year backlog of Habemus Papam episodes ready to go. So um, we can we can spare giving a couple of them to you this summer in, in August. Okay, well, enjoy the rest of the podcast, and we'll catch you with the, uh, with the full-length episodes back in September. God bless. Hello, and welcome to Habemus Papam, episode 108, Marinus I. Dear brothers and sisters, Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis. Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Habemus Papam. Hey everyone, today's Pope Marinus was born around 830. He was the son of a priest. By the age of 12, he was ordained a subdeacon by Pope Leo IV, and he served in the papal bureaucracy most of his life. Nicholas I ordained him a deacon and then sent him as a legate in 866 to negotiate with Photius and the Byzantine Emperor over the status of the Bulgarians. And we'll meet him next in 869 when Adrian II sent him to Constantinople for the Eighth Ecumenical Council, which was settling the Phocian Schism. He was then named the Bishop of Seviteri, a small diocese just outside Rome. And he was so popular and beloved that the Bulgarians, after asking for Formosus to be their archbishop, then asked for Marinus to be their archbishop. And again, Adrian II said no because of the prohibition of transferring bishops at this time. When John VIII died on December 16, 882, Marinus was immediately and unanimously elected pope the very same day. Now, this is despite the fact that he was already a bishop. And this would be a good time to remind everyone about this fact, which I've already alluded to many times in the last few episodes. The Council of Nicaea said that bishops could not be translated between seas. A bishop was the father of a family, and fathers of families don't trade families. However, in the 9th century, this practice was gradually changing. It had been that way before. If you remember, St. Gregory Nancyansis had been translated to be Patriarch of Constantinople, but then stepped down from that post at the First Council of Constantinople to help things go smoothly there. Anyway, the people unanimously wanted Marinus as their bishop, and so he was installed and he became our 108th pope and the first bishop to be elected pope. Now, one person who didn't think it was legit for Marinus to be pope was Phocius, the current patriarch of Constantinople, whom we have been fighting with for the last several episodes. He wrote to Rome remarking that bishops couldn't be translated from diocese to diocese, despite the fact that he had actually done that. He had organized several bishops' transfers in the east, And this widened the dislike between the two bishops. Marinus had met Phocius before in Constantinople and had stood firm against him then, and it only made things worse now. But thankfully, it didn't get too bad. We didn't have a full schism again. Back to Rome. 
Upon Marinus' election, there was an outbreak of violence in Rome, similar to the election of Adrian II, in which various factions sought to get some revenge on each other. We hear about murders and other violence, and it took some time in order for things to be settled down. Speaking of factualism, we have to talk about our old friend Formosus. Marinus decided to be lenient towards him. If you remember from last week, John VIII required Formosus to be excommunicated and to promise in writing never to return to Rome or seek the papacy. Marinus decided to forgive Formosus and to reinstate him as Bishop of Orte, so now he's back on the scene again. After he was installed as Pope, Marinus had a lot of problems to deal with. Guy of Spoleto, the son of Lambert and the current Duke of Spoleto, was menacing Rome, as Dukes of Spoleto are wont to do. And at the same time, the Saracens were burning southern Italy. They captured the Benedictine Abbey of Monte Cassino, and they beheaded the abbot, the martyr St. Bertharius, while he was celebrating Mass. Marinus repeatedly wrote about it to the Holy Roman Emperor Charles the Fat, who, as you remember from last week, didn't really like doing anything to help the Pope. And he eventually, after much cajoling, came to Italy and exiled Guy of Spoleto. But this caused Spoleto to revolt, and Charles capitulated with them, and so nothing was really solved. So Italy is still just a terrible mess. But we won't solve any of these problems during Marinus's papacy, because he died on May 15, 884, and he was buried in the portico of St. Peter's Basilica. He will be succeeded by St. Adrian III, and we will talk about him next episode. Thanks for listening to Habemus Papam. You can check out the rest of the Catholic Bites podcast at catholicbitespodcast.com. Thank you and God bless you.